and then I'll read the introduction halfway through, screw it up, and then I'll read the introduction again. <laughs> okay. Be yourself aware. That's what I do. And welcome to episode number 27 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Lenore, and my co-hosts are Dee and Les. And tonight we're talking about our favorite analog tools that aren't for writing. But first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Dee, what's your medium and what's your poison? I am writing with the new Baron Fig Click Squire. Um, I'm actually working on a review of it as well. So I've been using it a lot. And I'm writing in the Baron Fig Lock book. And I am drinking Sprite because... Traditional. Yeah. Keeping it, keeping it down to earth, right? Yes, yes. Well, because I got a Happy Meal. <laughs> <laughs> What's your toy? It's actually National Geographic toys, so it's pretty cool. I got a tiny stuffed manta ray. <gasps> cool. So I'm going to give it to the cats because it's the size of like a cat toy. But they're really <laughs> cute. Like These toys are actually adorable and it has a little card it's it says what is it it's a fish where does it live in the ocean favorite food plankton so it comes with like a little card to tell you about it so nice so um have you guys seen the videos of the baby rays no no oh my god they are so cute i am totally gonna post a video of baby rays it is hilarious okay i, I look forward to that i like baby anything Except for humans. <laughs> they can grow on you. Uh, it's definitely, I got to tell you, it's way more interesting when it's your own. Like other people's babies, yeah, I'm true. like, oh, yeah, cute. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty fun. Um, but, you know, oxytocin is powerful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Les, what about you? Um, so I am sipping an Americano uh and I, I think I feel like I've done this like the last few episodes, but we got this credit for Amazon Pantry and we had several credits for Amazon Pantry and we pulled them all together and picked up a bag of their prime uh, Amazon Prime light roast blend. It's OK. It's a little too dark for me to brew regularly. So um, we've just been using using it to make espresso because it's just dark enough for that. And it's it's all right. I'm not I'm not blown away by it. I am also using the Baron Fig Click, the Squire Clicky Pen, and I'm in a Baron Fig train of thought. How's the train of thought? It's well, it's I mean it's it's a typical Baron Figgy type, you know, <laughs> Vanguard. Well, you've been using it for a few months for the oh, podcast, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So is it holding up? Is it well, it, doing its thing. It just lives on my desk with a binder clip on it to hold it closed and open when I'm using it. I mean, I don't. Oh, okay. It's not traveling anywhere, so it's not getting beaten beaten up. It literally lives underneath my laptop when we're not recording. So, okay. Hmm. Can I ask you a question as a person who knows about roasting coffee? Sure. So I love light roast coffee. I love really fresh light roast light roast coffee. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the reason I bothered roasting at home at all Mm. because it's a lot of trouble yep you know when you can pay other people to do it for you actually (laughs) pretty cheaply um but i had this kind of hypothesis that this is me thinking like a chemist right so i haven't (laughs) looked into it and i'm just wondering if you actually know about it but i it seemed like when you're doing the light roast 
you're really developing a lot of kind of more, what, more like floral, fruity, lightly aromatic kinds of compounds in there. And when you do the dark roast, those seem like they're kind of getting chased off or burned up or oxidized or whatever. And you're going for those kind of more caramely mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so it seemed like with light roast, it went stale so much faster. And I thought that was probably why you can never find good or why you rarely find light roast in bags because the, those, those lighter compounds evaporate so easily. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that the lighter roast coffees do tend to go stale much more quickly, but I feel like there are a lot more roasters that are doing them well, and it might not be quite as light as I do at home, but um, a lot of the micro roasters and the artisanal roasters are doing really good light roasts that you can get in a bag. Like, Blue Bottle does some that are pretty good. I'm not a huge Blue Bottle fan. Um, Then we've got a roaster in the area called Little Wolf that does really good light roasts. Atomic has started doing really good light roasts. I'm just thinking of, like, my local places that do good light roasts. And I think Intelligentsia does really good light roasts, too. And I've been able to get that in the supermarket. And that's a lot darker than the local stuff, but also really good light roast coffees. Do you ever blend a dark roast and a light roast together to kind of get the flower garden and the caramel at the same time? I don't. Is that a thing? I don't, but I'm sure that there are places that do. I tend, when I do my home roasting, I do um, single origin. I don't do blends. Well, even, I mean, even a single origin just roasted two different ways and then mixed together. Eh, no, I just, I, I wonder. I, I will. Like now I want to try that. <laughs> I've, I will mess around with doing some of my single origin darker or lighter, but depending on what I'm trying to get out of it. Like if like when I get my sweet Maria's like taste profile from them and they say, Oh, this has a really great caramel flavor, or this is really syrupy sweet and tastes like oranges. Sorry for the, um, coffee douche talk, but, um, <laughs> the coffee douche well, that would be horrible Ow. but uh yeah you know like those like if those flavors are are supposed to be present i'll play around with a roast until i can get it there or to bring out some of the other flavors i don't know good yeah. cool thank you for the you know nerd segue there i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> so i've got a um i have a a cup of mint tea because we're actually recording during the day and the other option I would be going for would be inappropriate right now, which is that it is now officially julep season. We had our inaugural mint julep yesterday sitting on the front porch as one does. Uh, I don't know if our listeners who are not from Louisville have any idea about how big this is here, but this town just sort of goes into holiday mode for about two weeks before Derby. And that's the Kentucky Derby, which is a horse race. If you didn't know about that already, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a big deal here. The Derby festival actually started, uh, starts two weeks before Derby and there's a huge fireworks show and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on around town and like a, a festival down at the waterfront for the whole couple weeks. There's a marathon next weekend. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens around Derby. And people just have this sort of attitude that, eh, it's Derby. 
you know, you want to get a beer with lunch? Stir beef. So, yeah, I'm having mint, uh, mint tea instead of a mint julep, but there's a julep in my future. Uh, I'm writing on my Baron Fig Mastermind, and I'm writing with this Stadler Triplus tri ball in a medium point. And it's actually quite nice. I, I it's, it's a little skinny, and it's a try, which I usually wouldn't care for, but it's actually really well balanced, and it feels nice in my hand, and it's a soft, rounded try. I think my sister sent it to me, unless you did, Les. I might have. I picked up it a bunch of them at, at uh, Bob Slate a while back. Okay, then this one's probably from you because I'm thinking um, I'm thinking I know the pen I was thinking of that I, I thought my sister might have sent me. So, um, yeah, I actually really like it. I haven't been using it. Um, the surface on it is a little bit tacky, not as big a fan of, but um, maybe I just have sticky fingers. I don't know. <laughs> That's possible. So I'm going to go straight from there into what's exciting, which is that I just finished Jessica Jones. And, uh, yeah, my notes about this say, OMG, OMG, OMG. <laughs> so, yeah, like, wow. Okay. Those and last two episodes were unbelievable. Holy cow, right? Yes. Crazy, mm. crazy. So, um yeah. Does anybody know if they're doing a second season of Luke Cage anytime soon? I haven't looked it up. I don't know. I really want there to be another season of Luke Cage. Me too. Uh, that was my, it's my, I really like Jessica Jones and then Luke Cage is probably my second favorite in that whole uh, Marvel universe on Netflix. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And um, I, while I was watching Luke Cage, I liked it better. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, whatever's love the one you're with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got finals looming. So, you know, this time next week, I will have given my final exams to my roughly 300 students and I'll be in spreadsheet help. So that's what's exciting in my life. How about you, Dee? Um, I have two more weeks of hell until I graduate and defend my thesis. So that's been pretty much my life. But when I do have some free time, I've been gaming a lot. So I've been playing some PC games because I can easily switch from work to gaming and back and forth. And I've been playing Farming Simulator 2017. <laughs> <laughs> really? What an interesting yeah. choice. Tell us a um, bit more. It's actually really good. I mean, with computer graphics now, like it's it, when you play in first person, you're a you farmer. You practically smell the manure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very nuanced. So for someone like me who likes, like, super detail, like, I mean, you have to, like, plow your fields and then plant things and then wait for it to grow and then harvest and drop things off at the silo and go sell stuff. And, like, so, you know, it's it's not, like, it's it's very deep. Um, so I've been doing that because that's the type of game you can kind of pick up and play for a little bit and then walk away from it. While your stuff grows. Yes. And then... Um, <laughs> I just got a new solitaire role-playing book um, called Four Against Darkness. I haven't really looked at it in depth, but I am going to be playing that soon. Um, I really, I don't know, like, I love role-playing, but I don't have a group around here. Um, so I've actually come across, I'll put it in the show links, this huge resource of uh, solo role-playing games. And I think a lot of us are kind of wow. introverts too. Like, like that's my other issue um, 
is just social anxiety in general. Like, unless I really know you, I'm not going to be comfortable the first 20 times we hang out. Except for you, Les. You're different. Because <laughs> um, I think I've only hung out with you, like, four times. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, it's just, it's bad enough that, like, you have to meet new people. And then you have to role play in front of them. So, I'm definitely a fan of solo RPGing. So, um, a lot of it is pen or pencil and paper. So, that uh, is kind of fun. So, I'll put both links to both things in the show notes for you guys. Um, but that's really kind of in it for me. I think, Les, you're going to talk about the Baron Fig Squire. So yeah. Click. So I'll, I'll jump on that when you talk. So um, so I'm going to start out with other things, and we'll end with the click. How's that sound? Great. It sounds okay. perfect. So uh, my library just got a huge load of new e-books. So I want to <laughs> – this is so – I'm so – disordered um i decided to check what out about bullet journaling called dot journaling and i the thing is this is why it's disordered thinking i know i don't like bullet journaling but i had to check it out so i could read it and like as i'm reading it i'm like oh this makes so much sense to me i should do this and i know i'm gonna start like trying to bullet journal again and i'm gonna end up failing (laughs) again um but it's i'll put a link in the show notes for for the dot journaling book it's actually really well done um, and it simplifies the idea of bullet journaling down into something that is a little more complicated than a complicated list, but a little easier to understand than all of those websites and books that are like, do all of these things and you can have all of these spreads. So it kind of simplifies it. I've also been rewatching Lost Girl on Netflix. If you haven't watched Lost Girl and you are a member of the LGBT QIA community, you really owe it to yourself to watch it. It's one of the, I don't are, are you familiar with this, D? I am not. I mean, not familiar <clears throat> as in I've only heard about it. Okay. You need to watch it. So it, okay. the, the main character is one of the, so it's, it came out in 2013, 2000, something like that. And there were five seasons, I think. And the main character is bisexual, and there are um, on-screen lesbian relationships and bisexual relationships, as well as heterosexual relationships. There are loads of gay characters and lots of, um, how shall I say this, romantic moments. Okay. (laughs) Um, And they don't, um, they don't like either kill off the gay people or make them violent do they Uh, the trope of gay you know what i mean yeah uh no 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 but also yes like it's fair people who die on this show it's it's fair for everyone straight people die gay people die lesbians die bisexuals die everyone like it's it's everyone dies everyone dies (laughs) it's all fair across the board um violence is against every member of the community it's not just like um, it's equitable violence. It's equitable violence as well as equitable romantics moments, okay. if you will. I'll um, put it on my list. So, yeah, yeah it's it's really good. Um, and some of the actresses that are in the series are actually lesbians or bisexual, and some of the men are gay. So it's, it's really interesting seeing, like, members of the community portray members of the community as well as straight people being comfortable playing LGBT characters. Um, so anyway, and it was originally, it's super cheesy. It was originally, a, it's a Canadian TV show that um, was on sci-fi. Okay. So anyway, it's really good. It, well, I, can't, I shouldn't say it's really good. It's super cheesy and it's like B-movie style fun. 
Okay. Um, I can get down with that. Yeah, and I, I, I just I don't know. I enjoy it, and I've been having like a lot of um, physical pain from sciatica. So being able to just flop on the couch and you know put a <laughs> heating pad on my butt uh, <laughs> as like right. as like You're I can live in the life I, as I can barely move, and then watching Lost Girl has really just you know made my life a little better. Um, I've also been reading a lot of trashy books on Kindle Universe. And doing this thing I call swatch journaling in my Baron Fig show and tell. So the swatch journaling, it basically like I think of a thing that um, happened that, to, that that during the day or I saw during the day and I try and match a watercolor swatch to it. And then on the underside or the lined part of the show and tell, I write what that item is. So it's it's a challenge in terms of getting the watercolor swatch right. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Do you, like, mix the colors on... Try it on paper before you put it in the journal? Nope. I let... Oh. I, I let I let the watercolors mix on the page. And they always... Okay. The thing to remember about watercolor is that they um, dry a little lighter than what you put down. Yeah. Yes. I've been really enjoying watching those, by the way. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you've been sharing them. It's, it's just been really fun. Um, it's not something, I mean, I'm glad that Dee is thinking about picking it up and starting yeah. to do it. Uh, it's not something I'm going to get to pretend <laughs> I'm going to do anytime in the near future, but I, I've really been enjoying just kind of the, I don't know, it's kind of like a story prompt, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's like, oh. That's an interesting choice of three things. From... Well, like, like I said the other day, chicken fingers, blue eyes, and Americano. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh, blue eyes, huh? <laughs> well, but like, so like, and each one of those things is like a story, right? Like yeah. chicken fingers. Yeah, we right. got we got free chicken fingers for at work because a drug rep came in and was trying to woo our prescriber to prescribe more of their medication. Um, and I can't actually talk about the blue eyes uh, because it was work related. Uh, and then what okay. was the other one? The, oh, the Americana. Yeah. I've been drinking a lot of Americanos lately. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's that. Um, and then the Baron fig squire click, the new yes. uh, Baron fig pen that they introduced um, I got the fig wine color, which is me too. lovely. It's a really yes. nice burgundy or maroon. It's actually the exact shade of maroon that my, uh, was my high school color, which is kind of oh, weird, no. um, to have in my home again at this point. But, um, I really, I like the size of it. I like that it's narrower than the regular Squire. Yes. Um, I, the click is nice but it's not my favorite because it doesn't actually give you a click it just sort of yeah yeah, i want a click i want when the knock clicks i want a click 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 um and it doesn't do that so i miss out on that and then the fact that the big detractor for me is that it does not have a clip yeah um because i need that at my job or like i have to have a, a a breast pocket that has a little spot to put the pen in, or I need to get one of those little pen cases that I can keep in my pocket. Fortunately, it's a ballpoint, so even if I do throw it in my pocket, it's just going to mark it up. It's not going to leak like the yeah. um, rollerball does, but 
Well, that's because you need to buy the sheath for the pen. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to. Um, I'm gonna get a Tofty <laughs> clip for it, and then I'll be able to yeah. wear it like I do my other pens. Yeah, I always thought of in my like um, pocket front pocket shirts um, mm-hmm. to actually sew a pen holder in the pocket. So basically, measure out how thick, how wide a pen would be, and then mm-hmm. just sew a line straight down so I could put it in my pocket without it sliding around. Yeah, it was kind of. Something I thought of do. I'm actually wearing a, I think it's a champion. It could be a Woolrich, though. An old, like, this is like an antique. It was my grandfather's uh, flannel shirt. And it uh-huh. a, it actually has one of those little slots sewn into oh, nice. it. Um, That's yeah, so no. nice. So, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just finishing up a review, so I don't want to spoil it all. But the click thing, like... I'm not that I'm one of those people that clicks their pen all the time because I, I I hate those people. <laughs> but when I'm alone or like in general, there's just something satisfying about a click, like a hard click. Yep. Um, and this one's kind of like not only there's not a click, it's kind of like scrapey sounding, if that makes sense. Yeah, but... it's like a metal on metal sound that, yeah, you know, it could... it's kind of weird. It, it, it feels like it needs like a little plastic sheath in there to keep it from making that. Yes, that, that's a perfect sound. That, well, that's that's, that's the pen. Yeah, that's the perfect sound that I was thinking of. So, yeah. Um, but, no, I do like that it's smaller just because I have tiny hands. Mm-hmm. So, like, like tiny. Like, I have to wear children's gloves. They're that tiny. So, the fact that it's not as thick, I don't know. It just it feels better in my hand. It feels right. like I'm writing with a pencil. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that this is the perfect Baron Fig ladies pen. <laughs> for the ladies for the ladies this is the ladies yeah. pen by baron fig so when you you know you put it in your purse it doesn't like open up and get ink all over <laughs> and when you're making your grocery list and filling out forms for the kids school yes because <laughs> oh, those are your lady jobs yes <laughs> oh god oh. um I'm easily amused. Uh, I am too. <laughs> I had a no. Go ahead. So, um, you, you know, I was you were talking about that. It's nice to see actual LGBT actors playing LGBT roles. Mm-hmm. And you know, so like I've been thinking about that a lot lately as I've been. As I've been kind of considering my TV, my my entertainment consumption, because mm-hmm. like um, Jessica Jones, for example, has. I mean, like two white guys <laughs> in the show, mm-hmm. one in season one, who's the arch villain and, you know, and then one in um, in season two who, you know, is also, you know, really problematic character, but you don't notice it if you don't think about, or I didn't really notice it until I was like, wait a minute. Hey, that's pretty cool. And, you know, and so that got me thinking about kind of broader things. Like when I was watching, uh, orphan black, Mm. like on the one hand, you have this show that is so female centric and so, you know, all of these really strong female characters, right? Yep. But then you have come up with a way 
to have an entire cast of like a dozen strong female women while simultaneously only paying for four. Right. Yeah. Because there's, you know, because you have one actress or one, you know, like you have the one lead person playing nine different roles, which seems like a cheat, right? But I mean, I I love the show, but it's like, oh, so it's not just about having characters represented. It's also about having work for, you know, having good roles for women actors to play. And we're kind of not doing that. And then I was listening to Fresh Air earlier this week and Terry Gross was interviewing uh, Louis Anderson. And it turns out, I, I had to look it up, it's, it turns out it's actually a, a rerun. It was uh, originally March 30th and they, I guess, were replaying it in the evening. So Louis Anderson has been playing the mother on the FX show Baskets, which I haven't seen, you know. So full disclosure there, you know, I have not watched this show. But... So he wrote this book about stories for his mother and and about how wonderful she was and about how he's really being her on the show, kind of. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's really sweet. And he got an Emmy and he ran up on stage and shouted, Mom, we did it. But then, like, so there already aren't enough roles for women on shows and now we're hiring men to play them Hmm. and I have a hard time really celebrating that and I you know at the same time I feel kind of I don't know I feel a little bit bad for being that way but we still you know we have all of these things we have the pay gap we have the representation gap we have the employment gap we have the fact that there aren't good roles you know there aren't as many good roles for female actors as there should be And then we have these kind of other things going on that on the one hand, you want to be like, hey, that's really cool. He's playing his mom and he's not playing it over the top like he's playing it sincere. And he's but then I'm kind of like there's a lot of middle aged women who could have done that role Mm. just great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think about these things. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot, too, just representation in the media in general. Mm. And there's this new there's this new video game that's in production that takes place in chicago like that's the backdrop Mm -hmm. and there's not one single person of color in the video game wow (laughs) yeah so because it's so hard you know yeah and and i mean (laughs) and there's a lot of talk about it like in the community like how the game developers were all white and, you know, like, but I think a lot about media representation and I'm thinking about the kids that watch movies. Like, like, I don't know. I've been thinking about the subtleties. Like you said, Lenore, the stuff that you don't notice Mm -hmm. until you think about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so like, if there's not, you know, like, like growing up, I mean, Leska probably really, I mean, there weren't really gay people. And when they were, it was kind of like this trope of, you know. Well, they were killed off on Law and Order, like, or they, yes, they were the crazy yes. murderer that ended up getting killed off by the cops, or you know, Correct. like every every lesbian on Law and Order was somehow murdering people and murdering men, because you know, man hating. And like, and that's the thing, and that's psychologically damages people, right? Like that narrative. So like, yeah, like it just, I don't know, but I think we're we're right at that time when when stuff like this needs to be paid attention to. But I agree, Lenore. Totally. Well, and then there was also the thing about on Transparent, you know, that you have Jeffrey Tambor playing Transparent, which on the one hand, you actually have a trans character being represented in what, in a sensitive 
way, which is, you know, about damn time. Uh-huh. And then but he turns out to then be... you have it being played by... it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, leaving aside the personal things about the actors, right? Which is the yeah. same thing that we could say about a lot of this, too, in a whole other podcast. But you have him being played by a man, which sort of just reinforces this idea that a trans woman is a man in a dress. And it's it's mm. messed up. Like, it's it just... It kind of confirms for people what they might already be thinking at the same time that it's providing representation. Mm. I don't know. I, and I, I just, I can't celebrate that. You know, I can't, I can't get excited about that when it's so, I don't know, so close, right? So close. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And like, I mean, I think with transparent, I've never seen it, but just seeing some clips and seeing like promo pictures and stuff, they're playing into that. Like, you know, man's been married to a woman for 30 years and he decides to transition, but like his transition is a lot different than someone who's transitioning at 20 or, you know, younger. So there's that, like, there's that trans woman trope that a lot of shows play where it's like, yeah, it's a man with a wig and like, right. Exactly. And you, yeah. And you never forget that while you're watching. And Mm -hmm. I don't know the show. Like I, I want to watch it just out of curiosity, but you know, they never progress. A lot of times with trans characters like that, they never like progress their transition because of course in the beginning there's going to be some some obvious like man in a wig kind of look but as you transition as you continue like i wish they focused more on that as opposed to just here you go here's a trans character and it's monolithic like all trans right, people are it, this wouldn't right. it be hard to show that without having somehow an actor who was actually going through that in real time because where are you going to find somebody who's willing to well, take hormones or to or, no, or, make you know, the more physical changes. Well, or, or have them, yeah, makeup or, you know, fake breasts or, you know, like there are lots of ways well, that you yeah. can show that without without actually doing the transformation physically. Right. But you're still um, and, and I, I get that people can make any of a huge range of choices about the personal decisions that a person makes around those transitions. But. If you're just putting more makeup on somebody. Well, I think it's different if you're if you're doing it well. You know what I mean? Like that, like you you can you can do these things and do them well so that the transition looks believable and realistic on camera. That's true. And there's Jeffrey Tambor is. Yeah. Plus, there's no real like guide to transitioning. Like some people have transitions and people, you know, choose to do different things. But I I just I was disappointed when that show first came out. because It's like, here we go again. You know, man with a wig. Yeah, exactly. Five o'clock shadow. And and we also don't ever. And have there even been any kind of mainstream shows yet with any non-binary characters? I don't know. I'm not cued in enough to, I guess, mainstream. I don't really watch TV. Yeah, I I don't. Well, yeah, I I mean, this is the thing. Like, I haven't watched, I haven't watched um, Baskets. I haven't watched Transparent. I haven't, like, I haven't seen these shows because I have so little time to consume. Yeah, I tend to wait until a show is completely off the air before I start to watch it (laughs) because of how I like to watch. The there's a show called The Fosters. It's uh, lesbian parents that have a bunch of foster kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I saw an ad for that one. I didn't know There's one of the characters, one of the daughters, um, falls in love with a, a trans man. But, like, and that's, like, authentic trans. 
but no, for non-binary, I I haven't seen anything. But so, but that's a, yeah. So we maybe maybe we're yeah. a few years out from that still. But I mean, that's kind of the next thing because you know we're we have a society where a lot of people are barely wrapping their heads around the existence and rights of gay people, and you know, and then we're trying to kind of move into the into um, into that trans acceptance and then we're you know we have all of these other things that are still on the horizon for a lot of people in the country and that's going to be interesting to watch yes mm. from my position of cis privilege i was going to say you're a good straight lenore i know well <laughs> yeah i try there's a lot of people you know i figure if when you know better you do better but there's a lot of people out there right now trying not to know better because it's going to be hard but so sorry about that segue there so so that's a that's a that's the that's our so much more segment (laughs) that's our so much more segment for today um yeah so so farming simulator yeah that just wow okay it's fine it sounds good in fact i'm gonna do that right after i get done recording all right well we'll try to get you through so you can have a little (laughs) more time to play so uh, shall we go into our main topic tonight sure sure thing all right, so I had this idea a couple of weeks ago about, you know, like our non-writing analog tools, because we talk a lot about writing tools and notebooks and paper and things like that. And I was like, oh, you know, there's all of this whole other universe of stuff out there, stationary tools that are not about just the process of writing. And so I put it in the document, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> and then I asked Les yesterday, like, so what are we doing? <laughs> and she said... <laughs> Well, you said <laughs> analog tools that aren't for writing. And I said, how clever of me. I wonder what I think I was thinking about. And so I thought from, you know, I, I had kind of gone from this would be cool to I don't even know what I was going to talk about. And now I've got a list of like 20 things in the past <laughs> 20 hours that I just was like, oh, I've got lots of things that I think are cool. So I'm going to propose that we uh, each say our top three things. And choose one of those to talk about, and we'll go around and we'll see how we're doing on time. Does that sound good? That sounds wonderful. Sure. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Excellent. All right. So my top three non-writing analog tools are as follows. I have a Dymo Letratag, a my little handheld Fiskars corner rounding punches, and my Martha Stewart bone folder. And, yeah. and <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that last one? The Martha Stewart bone folder. Oh, could you say it one more time? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one that I want to talk about is my Dymo Letratag, my little la- my yes. label maker. It, um, yes. I think it takes four or six AA batteries, or I can, if I uh, looked for it, I could find a... Uh, AC adapter for it because it does have a a, having a spot to plug in and I love it I use it all the time I label all of my pocket notebooks with uh, a number and I use that letra tag to do it I use it to label uh, like my electronics I print out like what a cord is and then I print that out and slap it on the cord the password to my wi-fi is labeled on the bottom of the router 
And <laughs> well, it's, you gotta gotta have it written down somewhere, and it's you know it's visible. So if you walk into my house and you want to get on the Wi-Fi, you can because the password is easily labeled and you can find it easily. So I use that all of the time. It's a it's a and it was like relatively cheap. I think I paid like 15 bucks for it, and the little uh, spools of label. I have them in paper, clear plastic, and white plastic. You can get them in like sparkle plastic if you really want. And mm-hmm. I think those are only like, you know, a couple of bucks a spool. And they last for a really long time. So, yeah. Okay, so I went back and forth about my label maker because I couldn't, I because it's not really analog. True. Well, I, I also have the analog version, the original Dymo clicky the label maker. The one that maker. raises in yeah. the stiff plastic thing. Well, you know, it's it's not analog, but it is at the same time because it's printing off little analog widgets. That's, okay. how, that's how I justified it, is that it prints things off for me to use on my analog tools. So it's, it's, right. it's adjacent. The and commissioner it, will allow it. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, uh, D. Yes. So my top three. First is a Kokoyo six-inch ruler. It's a small, tiny, clear little ruler um, that I use when I use field notes that don't have lines or just in general, just to make small little little lines on stuff. It comes in handy for my role-playing games. Um, the Carl Neo 26 or 30 hole punch. I use a lot of Japanese binders, and they have either 26 or 30 hole, like, um, they're 26 or 30 hole binders. So I use that to actually hole punch regular kind of paper. So I can easily put, like, small little things in there. And finally, my favorite thing is the Midori Eraser Dust Mini Cleaner. So it's this tiny little thing. Um, it looks like a car, and it has two little brushes inside. And so when you're erasing a lot and you have a bunch of eraser dust, instead of brushing it on the floor, you kind of like drive it over the eraser dust. And it does a really good job of picking up the dust. I mean, for me, it's like a novelty, but for an artist or something, it's really, really handy. So those are my three favorite things. So I have this eraser dust cleaner pulled up on jet pins. Yeah. It's so cute. I can't stand it. It is. It's it's the most adorable thing. And it's what, like $4 or something like that? Oh, uh, well, the one I'm looking at is 8 seven seventy five. Okay, the, yeah. So, but still, that's worth still, it to me. Yeah. Um, and it also probably works for, I never tried it, but like maybe pencil shavings. Hmm. Ooh. I don't know. That's really cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to add that to my jet pens wish, wish list. <laughs> and then the, the 26 or 30 hole punch, it's pretty pricey, but it's a good investment for me, I think, because when I was using the, I have a 26 ring binder, um, a lot of times, like, I'll want to hole punch, say, like, half a sheet of paper and, like, put it in my binder. Like, it just, it's so much better because if you have a, a three-ring binder and you have a small piece of paper, you're only going to be able to get sometimes one hole punched in that. You know what I mean? And it's only going to be hanging on one ring. But the Japanese binders that have 26 rings, you can put a tiny little piece of paper in your binder and have it stay there pretty well. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at the 
picture of this on Amazon. So the blue thing that does it just like swing down over your paper yes. and you just push it through with with force. So, okay. So the blue thing is what you put your paper in, right? Uh-huh. And do you see that little clampy thing? Yeah. That's the hole puncher. Oh, that's the actual punch. Okay. And so if you click on the next, in the third picture on Amazon on the side, uh-huh. oh, it shows I see. you. Oh, so you have to like crawl it up the paper and punch it. Yes. And it has markings okay. for like A, A4, B5. Um, right. You know, but no. So yeah, you can punch as many or as little holes as you want. So when I have like a half sheet or yeah. you know, something like that. Um, so it is, it, it, there is a little bit of a learning curve, but for me, now they got the hang of it, it's, it's totally worth it. Well, yeah, because otherwise you're limited to what you can buy pre-punched and that would be ridiculous. Yes. Cause pre-punched, although that's actually pretty cheap, but usually pre-punched paper is expensive for 26 or 30 holes. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. No, this is a whole thing I had no idea about. This is really interesting. Yeah, I think my, my list is a very Japanese stationery, which is kind of my thing. <laughs> like, that and Everhard Faber. That's, and Neon, Neon. So, right, right. Um, See, and okay, so now I said three things, and I have to narrow mine down. Um, but I'm going to leave some extra links up because of um, doing oh, comparison stuff. So um, we talk a lot about pencil sharpeners, like we've talked about that before. So I'm, I'm going to leave off the pencil sharpeners. Um, I have a Staples brand one touch stapler Mm. that I really like because it's got like this extra lever over the top and it gives you all of this leverage to get the staple down through multiple sheets of paper. So when I'm stapling a large number of sheets of paper, like this thing always works, you can't pick it up and use it like open to like tack things up to a bulletin board or something like you can with a swing line kind of stapler. Mm -hmm. But it just does a really good job on multiple sheets with with not very much force. You don't get very many staples bending. So I really like that. Um, And that's one of the ones that my husband got me as a back-to-school present, which I really like. And then I have a hole punch. Yeah, I've got two Staples brand three hole punches. And one of them is a 30-sheet punch, and it's kind of more like the wide version of the punch that we were just looking at with your stuff, D, where the lever, um, you kind of, you punch the three holes at once. Uh, yeah, I can't even, fig- oh, I'm going to put up links, but, um, but I really like the 40 sheet one. So the, there's, I've got a 30 sheet and a 40 sheet. And then I've got one of the just like traditional ones, like you hold in one hand and punch and it says 12 sheets, but it really like jams if you do more than three. So it's, you know, it's not good, but that 40 punch, 40 sheet punch is just great. It doesn't bind up. Mm. And the only problem I've had with it is actually the little latch that makes it lock in the down position, um, kind of broke. And so it doesn't stay on one side or the other. So you can, you kind of have to hold the latch thing out of the way if you want to open it up. I don't know. It's a little bit broken, but it works to punch. It just requires a little bit extra finesse. And those, those hole punches I use a lot because of teaching. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, our copy machine theoretically will do hole punching in handouts and stuff. But sometimes I forget. Sometimes it's not working. Sometimes the, um, 
output tray is like not working and you have to put it through the other output tray and then it doesn't have the punching and all of that. So having a really nice hole punch that can do 40 sheets at a time has been huge for me. Like that's been really important. And that was another gift from my husband. And then um, my third thing is I have this little bitty tape dispenser. Do you guys know the company? I don't know how to pronounce them. Um, it's Koziol, K-O-Z-I-O-L. No. Well, they make like novelty stationary items. And like this one's made in Germany. But it's a, um, it's a little tape dispenser, <laughs> scotch tape dispenser. And it's this little neon green person um, who has the tape dispenser around her waist. I guess uh, its name is Elvis officially, so I guess it's his waist. He's got the the roll of tape around his waist, and he's holding his arms out, and the blade is on one hand, so you cut the tape off on the hand. <laughs> and it's totally impractical. Like, it's it's difficult to use. Like, you have to use both hands to get tape, and, it you know, you have to get it on the blade just right. And, um, and I just, I love it because it just cracks me up every time I see it. So this got me kind of thinking about this difference between the things that you love because of their utility and the things that you just love with your heart, even though they don't function that well for what they're theoretically supposed to do. (laughs) I can think of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Yes. But no, I agree with you. Like, like stuff that. I have stuff that I like the way it looks, but it's horrible to use, but I still keep it on my shelf in my office because I like the way it looks. Mm. Okay, good. So it's not just me, right? No. No. Okay. It's like I have have a Suck UK Dead Fred pen holder. Oh, yes, yes. And, and, you know, it's horrible. Like, I would love to have it on my desk at work, but... I can't. It's horrible. Um, I'd be traumatizing for people to see dead Fred on my desk. Um, (laughs) And, you know, dead needs a trigger warning. uh, Yeah. Dead, dead Fred works okay for some pens, but like the regular squire doesn't fit, but the click squire does. So maybe I'll have more use for dead Fred now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, dead Fred from suck UK is one of those horribly, not really practical, but really fun little desk toy tools yeah and i actually i was tempted to get the dead fred but like i don't have any room for something that sits on my desk at home yeah like that and i wouldn't have it at school so you know what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. is there what's a specific other thing that you just love with your heart but even but isn't particularly practical i have these things okay so i got them at walmart back to school season they're these, like, neon, like, they look like garbage cans slash recycling bins. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have one. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I I guess I could use them for pencil shavings or something. But, like, they're not tall enough to hold a full-size pencil. Oh. Mine is. Huh. Mine is if the lid is open. But, I mean, like, then it's awkward and it takes up more space than it should. Yeah. Right. But yeah. they're cool because it's legitimately like a tiny little recycling bin, like a, a rolly recycling bin. <laughs> um, and then I did, and then I bought. Les told me about this. I think you did, like those mini shopping carts. Yes. Oh yeah. So I got one off Amazon like months ago, and I use it to put um, 
a bunch of erasers in. That's what I have like, in mind. <laughs> like, like ones that are still wrapped, because obviously I don't want my other ones to dry out. But yeah, that's but awesome. I guess they're functional in the sense that they can hold things, but they're more uh-huh. aesthetics. Right. And I mean, you have any number of things that can hold things functionally, right? I mean, fundamentally, a bowl or a ball jar or, you know, whatever does that. But if it's something that makes you smile when you see it, like, you know, I'm a big fan of the binder clip. I use binder clips a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I love my binder clips that have smiley faces and googly eyes on them. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no functionality introduced by putting <laughs> googly eyes on your binder clip. <laughs> Unless you consider a good mood to be functional, which I kind of do. Well, so. you have a point there. Um, Les, I wanted to ask you about your Fisker's Corner Punch. What about it? Um, is this the big one that you got for doing notebooks, or is this no? A... No, it's just a little little tiny ones that uh, I throw in a drawer, and sometimes, or actually, you know what? They're not uh, Fisker's. They're EK Success. They're um, a scrapbooking brand. Oops. Um, I know Fisker's does make them. I've had a Fisker's version in the past. Um, okay, because I have a Carl. I I I don't know if this is the same Carl. Got to be the same Carl as your your hole punch, right, Dee? Yeah. I mean, if it's a punch like a, made by a company named Carl, but then would it be the same Carl as the uh, Carl Angel Five? I don't know. Probably. But yeah, I mean, they just you know they. What I like about these is that they are they have a lock on them, so I can actually lock them down so that they take up less space. Okay, so um, you don't have the link up yet. Is this uh, um, how many pages does this thing do at once? Oh, just one or two. Okay, one corner at a time, right? Yeah, and yeah, I that's and what I mine does. I use it for like little things that I snip out here and there. You know, if I have to do a large amount of things, then it, I use the big machine. Right, which is not something that the average person is going to get no. for their house. No, you know, like they, that cost, that was like over a hundred bucks. You know, right. that's, most people are not going to go and get that. Oh, there's a bunch of different, oh, okay. There's a bunch of different corner rounders. Wow. Look at that. Okay. So you'll have to pick the one that looks like yours. Cause I'm interested in that. Yeah. It's the little EK tools, mini corner rounders punch set. I'll put the, I'll put the link up for you. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Cause I was doing that on, um, I was punching the corners off a lot of things for a while, but we were talking about uh, Dee doing her, the cards for her game. Yeah. Did she ever bring them over to your house and do them on your big punch? Nope. I did not. I've never even been to Les's house yet. This is oh, true. Because okay. what, you know what happens? We get together and I'm like, hey, let's like, you know, walk around Beverly or let's go to, you know, Salem. And then like we find a coffee place and we sit there and talk for way too many hours. And then it's like, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's just kind of what happens, you know, like, but no, I have not. I have not done that. So you still have these uh, rough corners on them, huh? I do. I do. Terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> All right. What's your runner up? We've got a couple minutes left. See, what's your runner up? Your next thing that you would have talked about? I mean, I don't know. Like, you don't um, have to have one. Nobody's making you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because I don't. Everything that comes to my mind is not so much an accessory. Accessories to me, like sharpener, eraser, like there's nothing else. Oh, maybe um, those little storage boxes that I use for Ooh. pencils. 
Yeah, what kind of? Oh yes, yes. You can Which, get them at Walmart. I I gave one to Les, or I gave one or two to Les. Yep, you did. Um, they're they're really nice. I like them because like the the tops like clip on. The problem is they don't fit the size that I gave you less. They don't fit black wings. Hmm. But they have a bigger size that does. But no, I like those because I have my pencils categorized by brand, so they do a good job. And they're like a dollar something at Walmart. Cool. My so. Walmart does not carry them. They're in the, like, I'm sure you've looked, but, like, at my Walmart, they're in the stationary aisle that has, like, the post-its and the push pins and all that kind of stuff. Nope. Yeah. I've, I've looked because, all over. I think because, like, maybe I'm a, there's five colleges near me, so, like, they suck uh, everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's called the five college area because there's five of them mm-hmm. within, like, less than 20 miles of each other. So, yes, yeah, so that, that would be my runner-up, because I do use those for a lot more than just pencils. So How about you, Les? My runner-up, um, well, I already talked about the corner rounding punches. I think those would be it. I mean, a bone folder is really useful just because it's, you know, if you want really sharp folds and creases on things, that's helpful. You can also use it to open letters and mail and stuff, but I think the... Oh, does it have an edge that's sharp enough to slide in for that? Yeah, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I I also am a big proponent of adapting and sanding down and carving your bone folder until it f- works for you. So okay. all of the bone folders that I own, I have reshaped the tips. And you can just do that with a nail file. Uh-huh. And then it can be thin enough to fit just about anywhere you want. That's really cool. But it actually looks like um, it's no longer being carried, the bone folder. I'll put up a different version of it. All right. Thank you so much. And this is something we're going to have to come back to at some point. And we're going to have to do another another EDC episode, too, at some point and see how mm. that's kind of... Um, yeah, because mine's going to change because I'm not going to be a student for a couple months until I apply to grad school. So. Yeah, and mine actually, you know, I mean, my everyday carry has not... My life hasn't changed that much, but my carry kind of has because of, I don't know, because of it fits my needs better. Let's say that. It's not that my needs have changed. It's that I've found some things that fit my needs better. So I think that's something that I'd love to kind of go back to. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, I do want to take a minute to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and on the Facebook group. It has been really nice to be in the middle of that community and, you know, that find your people kind of moment is uh irreplaceable you know it's just something that's that's amazing in my life so i appreciate both of you and i appreciate the people in the group and i appreciate just having those um those people that feel like my friends even though most of us have never met in real life it's uh (laughs) it's a great time right it's a great time if you haven't joined the facebook yet if you're on facebook come in and check us out because it's a fun place to hang out even if you're not keeping up with the podcast. And uh, if you're on iTunes, if you could go over and give us a review, that'll help other people find us and we would appreciate it. If you like us, that is, if you don't like us, then, um, you know, you probably aren't hearing this anyway, because you didn't make it this far through the podcast. So, you know, it's kind of (laughs) self-correcting. So uh, to find us online, you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. I have things under my own name on social media, at Lenore Hoyt, uh, and I'm on Facebook. 
Uh, Les, tell us where we can find you. You can find me at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at ComfortableShoesStudio, and Instagram and Twitter under Original L.C. Harper. What about you, Dee? You can find me at TheWeeklyPencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheWeeklyPencil. So tidy. So tidy. Yes. And you can find all of us here in a couple of weeks. <laughs>